show. It's the Mark and Mark podcast. I'm sports editor Mark Podolsky. I love pop culture. You are? I'm entertainment editor Mark Mazoris. I, again, I mostly love sports, except lately. There's <laughs> a lot to talk about. But before we talk sports, we're going to dive into pop culture. We really haven't uh, hit that genre or, or, or aspect of... Uh, no, but things are picking up, especially things that you and I are both interested in, which absolutely. helps. Absolutely. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Stranger Things, which was dumped into the Netflix queue last Friday. Uh, recording this on October 31st. Happy Halloween, everyone. Although it'll be a day later when we post this, so it'll be November 1st. And you and I are in incredibly elaborate costumes. We are really uh, oh, yeah. we're taking just, to the spirit of the day. We're decked to the nine. There's no question about that. I'm dressed as 11. But I will be dressed tonight when I take my son out trick-or-treating. That's good. That's I terrorize the neighborhood as Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? I know. Uh, but we're going to first start off with the big movie coming out. Probably the biggest, uh, I guess, like box office, so to speak, film, box office in quotes, film coming out this this uh, fall season. Yeah, it has that summer movie feel of a uh, big action spectacle, right. a lot of comedy. And we're um, talking about, of course, Thor Ragnarok, which is the third in the series, which really is probably the the doormat, so to speak, of the Marvel Universe, of these standalone films. I mean, people thought... I thought the first one was good, Thor. The second one, I think a lot of people really panned. I, that's why I thought the first one was really enjoy- Like, the yeah. first one surpassed my expectations. Right. Because I, I kind of thought Thor is a lesser hero, even though I really like what Chris Hemsworth does with that role. Right. I thought, well, we'll see. And that's a really... I mean, I've never rewatched it, but I remember really enjoying that. So just, yeah. It delivered on what it was supposed In to be. In the dark world. I hated the dark world. Yeah. I, that's my least favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. I just thought it was a right. dog. And you wonder what Marvel was thinking. I, you I, can't, I have a feeling maybe they sat in a boardroom and said, let's carry on this character, but we need to juice it up. And by juicing it up, they throw in the Hulk into this picture. It's not a surprise. It's not a, it's not a, tra- uh, a spoiler. It's been, he's been in all these trailers. I do want to talk about one aspect of the, the character, which kind of left me wondering. About the, the Hulk character? Yeah, okay. in this film. I wonder if it's the same thing I've been thinking about. Right. So, But uh, to me, this movie... Was good. It was not great. A little choppy. The story was kind of all over the place. So it's kind of hard to follow at some point. It's a really, if you think about, and this is more of a critic, snooty movie thing, but if you think about movie storytelling structure, it's really kind of odd. Yeah. Um, there's like, it. it's this gladiator movie between the, you know, the gladiator movie is like the meat in the sandwich. And yeah. then the arch villain of the film is sort of the slices of bread, the bookending parts yeah, at the beginning it, and it end. It doesn't really work for me though. No, I mean, ultimately, I'm going to give this movie a favorable review. I, I was I was entertained by it. I enjoyed it. I just think it has problems. And I think, um, for me, it just... And again, still on the side of you should see it. It delivers. But just a little too jokey at some times. I mean, Mark, this movie just doubles down on the last... I think you said it last night, uh, and I agree if, if this is what you said, that it's it's really going for that Guardians of the Galaxy it doesn't thing. It. it It comes close, but it doesn't it no, doesn't I, I hit it. Uh, close at all. Okay, maybe I enjoyed it more than you did because I did think a lot of the laughs work, but it's just like at some point, and look, you know, I'm captain. We shouldn't take most of these superhero movies too seriously, but at some point, you got to ratchet down the the laughs and have the the right. crux of the story be a little more important. And they kind of never really do. I'm, I'm about halfway through my review this morning, and I'm like. I have some line about like, well, look, the fate of Asgard hangs in the balance, but yeah. the most important thing yeah. is that we all have a good time all well, the time. And, and you, I think the thing is, when you, if you start off a, a franchise like that, like Guardians, from day one of Guardians, from the first minute of that film, you know you're going for that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sci-fi comedy. There's no question about it. Whereas 
the first two of this of this franchise. I mean, it has its moments. And Hem, when Hensburg kind of does that fish out of water, he's good, especially in that first one. But there are some serious tones in those movies. Right. It's not. They're not. They're definitely not going for comedy. And like you know, I think that just kind of. I think I think they took a big chance, a big a big leap. Well, this based is in this one. This alt the fact that I think I like this movie a little bit better than you do kind of speaks to like our differences with these superhero movies. I would rather they err on the side of making it too fun as opposed to too serious. No, I, mean, not, I think not, you're I okay. think you're the other way. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I think it just doesn't work as well. Okay, you know, I, the, but the, I think what this film has it going for it is that if you like fights and blazer blast and lightning shocks and all this kind of great the 3d was we saw it in 3d i thought the 3d was very good i i agree the 3d um again i don't know that there was like oh my god this 3d sequence really makes it worth the price of admission i sort of felt that way at parts during dr strange yeah. which i believe we both liked um but it just the whole movie popped and the whole movie looked the way i think a movie should look in 3d it didn't feel like right. an afterthought it, it yeah. felt to me like they took their time making yeah. it look good in 3d which i really appreciate i would just just real quickly we've been talking about i think we're talking about tone of this movie and i do one thing i admire about the marvel cinematic universe because there are just first of all i for, i always forget how many movies there are there have been now it's in that insane. because they pump out like three or four a year yeah. i was looking at a list this morning I'm like oh my god because we're in phase three i believe of the cinematic universe i think this might be the last movie in phase three um yeah and so the tone of this movie is closer to Guardians of the Galaxy, and I probably agree with you that it doesn't work as well as it does in Guardians of the Galaxy. But they have the freedom to do that because this is all part of that connected world. Yeah. And you know, these these characters are all going to come together next year in Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the end of Phase Four or Phase Three. Okay, I, I was just I looking think. at a Wikipedia link, and it didn't. It did, maybe it just didn't list any future films because the last one it listed. I might was be wrong. Ragnarok. Yeah, who knows? But uh, but look, you, I think you're going to have a lot of fun if you see this movie. It's, um, it's, it's interesting because, okay, we saw Civil War and the only two main characters, you know, so to speak, in this Avengers universe was Hulk and Thor. And at the beginning of this movie, he's just, it's kind of cool. It's kind of, it's kind of like a star, original Star Wars 77 vibe. You just kind of thrust into this predicament he's in, but you don't really know what happened to him, where he's, where he's been, where he's, go, you know, kind of where he's going. It was, it was kind of odd the way that film started. Were you kind of confused in that respect? Not really. To me, that, that first scene is, again, just to set the tone that they want to, which is really... It turns out that Thor is talking to a skeleton in a cage with him, but it, he's really talking to the audience. It's yeah. really like a bit of narration. narration he's kind of giving... He's trying to give you an update what, what, and he's, what like, he's been up to. And he's doing this, like, tongue-in-cheek thing. Oh, no, Thor's in a cage. You must be wondering what's gone wrong. I I'm missing yeah. the quote up a little bit. But I just think... And then, you know, before you know, he's fighting this big demonic dude with this big crown right. helmet thing. Um, so I just think they established... They told you really early on, this is the movie we're going to give you. And, and that's fine, you know. What did you think about... Two things. Uh, what did you think about Thor getting his hair cut off? I'm sure a lot, of the, a lot of the women out there are going to be disappointed. So as someone, i got to be careful how I say this. As someone who often can't see the beauty in other man, other <laughs> men, Chris Hemsworth is a good-looking man. But, you know, he, I, I thought he carries the, the short hair pretty well. He can do it all, my friend. He's just... Yeah, he's you wonder if it's going to be back for uh, Infinity War. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, like, I'm I not... I mean, that, that's, that's like, I think he's an iconic character with, because of that long hair. So I think women are better than men, or certainly better than I am in general, at spotting wigs. And I never know, unless I know what an actor... Well, that's a actor, wig? I thought he grew it up. 
So this is a, I don't know. Oh, okay. You could tell me, but you know, does he, I don't think his hair's that long in everything, right? So like. I thought his hair is always, he's always got like in a ponytail or. He's I think it's like longer. I mean, like we shouldn't spend a lot of time on his hair. Could the be point extensions, is, you know. The, the point is he could probably have that hair back with the special, with the makeup people. And oh yeah, people. there's no question. Like, I have no idea, but you know, like, look, I'll take my Thor anyway yeah. and get him. I mean, it, you know, it's just, it's just interesting because he's so well known for that long hair that he's. Well, it kind of makes, um. You did or did not watch The Sopranos? Yeah, some of it. I don't know. There's a character who got on a. I can't think of the uh, Joey Joey Pantaloma or Pantal whatever his name is. Yeah. He he got in a phase watching like the Gladiator movies. He loved the movie Gladiator. Then he's watching Spartacus and uh, is it? Uh, I can't think of the actor Kirk Douglas. Yeah. And he's screaming at the TV. You know, gladiators didn't have flat tops. And I <laughs> I thought the whole point of the haircut was just to give him a gladiator haircut. Right. You know, so right. it, it was fine. Uh, so this is sort of little spoilery so if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening and you don't want to hear about this then that's fine but I don't think we're going to ruin the movie for you but Hulk is like a speaking character in this film well again I would say they gave that away in the second trailer did they? yeah there's that whole bit about Hulk is raging fire Thor is small fire oh, I, I never saw that trailer so that trailer that's the trailer that won me okay, over so, the that's not so I don't think that's a spoiler at all and that's the thing that gave me pause and you know my memory's not the best I see so many movies and I'm like well did this but I thought Hulk could suddenly have much more of a conversation than we've ever seen in the past. Oh, yeah. He, there's been spots where in some other movies where he's said a one-liner here or a one-liner there. Right. But to actually, it was just strange to hear him have a conversation. Well, then I spent time in my stupid head going, well, okay, first of all, am I remembering this wrong? Okay, so it's been two years since we've seen him. Has he undergone something? And then I was like, dummy, this is just what they need for this scene. This is what filmmakers right. do. They yeah. just, you know, they just change yeah. things because they want to have a scene play a certain way. And I think I, that's I, all I it was. I think tonally, too, my biggest, a big gripe for this movie is that I thought Mark Ruffalo, it was so offbeat, his performance. And, you know, just go see it and, and decide well, they, on yourself. But I, I just thought him trying to be... It was almost like he was in like a, a, a you know, TGIF 80s, <laughs> ABC, uh, you know, weekend show or something. It well, was what weird. They, a theme they tried to do throughout the movie is Hulk versus Bruce Banner. And who does Thor like more? And it's almost like it the Hulk doesn't like Bruce Banner and Banner me. doesn't like the Hulk. It really felt for it. It was one yeah. I thought the least successful things yeah. they did in the movie. What's his name? Jeff Goldblum, I thought, was just hilarious stuff. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is the grandmaster of this planet that has uh, sort of enslaved uh, Thor, and he's making him compete right. for his entertainment. And look, He's sort of like the leader of this, like the governor of this. In my review, in my review, I described Jeff Goldblum's performance as Jeff Goldblum-y. Because oh, it's just like... You just hire him to do his thing. Yeah, I guarantee they just said, hear your lines, just go for it. Be and, yourself. Yeah, and exactly. he, I thought he was... I thought and there was, was just the right good. amount... There was just the right amount of him. Too much of him, I think, would have been right. not great, but uh, yeah. I think the one of the, another thing that really, really fell flat for me, you, probably one of probably the worst collection of cutscenes in the in the end credits in any Marvel movie. It I think they're really bad. Well, I think there's a trend where they're they need to keep they feel like they need to keep doing them, but they're not as interested in showing us as much. Like that one at the end of Spider Man is fun, yeah. but it sort of makes fun of you for staying. Oh that yeah, long. yeah. I, I thought is, those were great. Yeah, but I'm saying they're less and less important. They're less and less of showing you. You gotta tease something. But yeah. I don't think they I don't think they really do. What was the first one in this? Did they tease something? Yeah, they did tease something. But you don't really you have no idea unless you're a diehard. I mean, unless I have to maybe look it up on Google or something. I ultimately I'm saying I feel like there's a little bit of trend where they're showing like I didn't think the tra there's all those cutscenes at the end of Guardians Volume 2 and I didn't think any of them really amounted to anything. I mean, they're fine. I thought they were good and funny. Yeah, they're okay. Um 
God, there were so many at the end of Guardians. I think there were five, weren't they? Four? Four or five, yeah. There's two in this one, so. Uh, one at the very beginning, or in the middle, and one at the very end. Um, the next movie in this in the in the universe is I think Black Panther. Black Panther, I believe February. And does that does that one finally connect to Infinity Wars the next summer? I think. I if you're asking, is there another one between Infinity Wars? I don't believe so. I think it's then and then Infinity Wars. So Black Panther and Infinity Wars. That's the I would have, the list I've seen. I think I would have liked to have seen some sort of definitive connection to this big collection of. I mean, we're going to get that in Black Panther, but I, but I don't know if Black Panther is going to be in Infinity War. But I think. Like I think you got to set something up for this. Like this is going to be the supposedly the greatest Marvel movie ever. Well, the, the only thing else, and maybe this isn't exactly what you're talking about, but like I, I believe you, like I, read the reports from Comic Con about the Infinity War footage they saw. Yeah, and we right. know from those reports, and I'm still surprised they haven't put this out, but Thor comes crashing onto right. the windshield of the Guardian ship. Yes, and. You know, without spoiling, now we can see how those pieces are in place for that to happen. So it is maybe. You're talking about that, that end credit? No, no, no. I'm talking about just, just where they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, without trying to get... Right. Um, so I think those they've moved the pieces around where you can see how that's going to fit together. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that I need it any more than you do. I wouldn't look to Black Panther just given the nature of the hero. Uh, I can't see how that connects to the bigger but universe. Probably something in the cutscene. It scene, might. You know. I'm sure he's going to be in it. He's one of the new you know, right. Avengers and stuff. So, so yeah, like I said, it, I have my problems with the film, but I think you're going to... If you want to go have a good time at a film... In the theater on a weekend, it's it's you're gonna have your look. It went by pretty fast. Get your popcorn. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. I There's think you and I are most great action pieces, great special effects, and you know it's the a, 3D's good. The director, and I, I don't have his name in front of me. Um, he's a com- he's a comic director. He was on and probably involved in making, but I don't know. Flight of the Concords, and then he made this vampire mockumentary, What We Do in the Shadows. So he is. I heard that's good. It, yeah, I'm not a big vampire fan, so even though I know it's good, I just I okay. get kind of bored with it. But um, is that streaming right now, or was that up in the theaters? It was in the theaters. Okay. I mean, you could definitely get it somehow. I don't know whether it's on Netflix streaming. Um, he, he, and he does the voice of that rock-like alien in the movie. So it's that guy, okay. if you recognize him. So the, the point is, they hired a guy with a comic background to make this movie. Yeah. And, and that's a fine choice. You know, again, you get the movie you get. But all that is to say, I think the given that he doesn't have an experience with a big action movie like this, I don't believe, the action's pretty good. Oh, absolutely. Pretty good. I, I, I think that's the best thing about the film. There's some nice payoffs with... Uh, I thought the third act was... In in crazy over the top, crazy sloppy doesn't make any sense. I know, <laughs> but I, I think that way about a lot of these movies. Um, but I thought the uh, I thought the Hulk Thor uh, fight, while not like spectacular, spectacular, was plenty good and did some fun things. Paid off to a, a moment with Thor and uh, I'm sorry with Loki and paid back to a moment with uh, Hulk and Loki. And the so Avengers. It did some nice things. Yes. So uh, yeah, go see it. You'll have a good time. So let's move on to. Uh, another item in pop culture, Stranger Things 2, like we mentioned earlier in the show, dropped on Netflix last Friday. My son and I, it's like our obsession um, when we can get to it. We, I think we're, I think we're through four, three and a half episodes of nine, so we're almost, we're nearing and the halfway point. Given the way he was, he was wearing out at Thor, I'm guessing you didn't go home and watch a couple no, last night. No, we did not. Uh, so you've seen the first two episodes. I've seen the first two. Let's just give a general thought. So what yeah, I was going to say, so like, uh, this... First of all, uh, I'm probably a broken record on this, but like I've had Netflix for a lot longer than you have, and the whole Netflix model is with these shows is we're going to make them and just put them all at once, and they're meant to be binged, and you can watch them all at once or whatever, and there are pros and cons to that, but I will say that like 
for the most part, and it's getting better over time, but for the most part, I haven't loved Netflix shows. I almost never want to watch a second one, especially if it's an hour long. Like, I'm just like, ah, I'll get back to this. Stranger Things is the first of these shows where I'm like, yes, give me another one. This is so fun. This right. is, it's this 80s they nostalgia. They did with the, cli- with the cliffhangers, I thought. Yeah, it's the, it's the only one where I could just sit there and, and like, roll it over. So that said, uh, I frustratingly made a choice to watch this second season of Stranger Things with a friend who I got into it last time, and I'd already seen it, and I'm like, you got to watch this. So I watched it all with her again. So we're watching these together, but our schedules don't me- uh, mesh a lot. So I don't know when I'm going to finish this, and I'm like, darn it, this was a mistake. I need to, <laughs> I need to be watching these all myself. So basically, it's, it, it's an interesting uh, way they're going about this, whereas, like, maybe... Uh, What's the FX horror, American Horror Story? American Horror Story. Where it's like a... Anthology. Yeah, like each season is a different take on some sort of horror genre. But I, I, well, we'll see where your point is going. That's more the abnormality, not what Stranger Things is doing. Right. No, that's what I'm saying. So you wonder, okay, so this is a continuation of last, the first season where the the child, Will, is abducted by this... um, what is he called? The Demog- Demorgogon the or Demogorgon. something? Demogorgon. I can never say that right. In, uh, what do they call it? The Upside Down the World? The Upside Down. So basically, you know, not, and this isn't giving away a ton. Basically, the under, the, the Upside Down World is, is sort of trying to connect or take over the normal world. And, okay. And I haven't gotten that from where I'm at. You kind of get that feeling, you know, about halfway through. And, and, and Will has still has some tendencies left over from the first season that's affecting him and his visions of what's going on and the upside down world. It, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little cray cray, so to speak right now. And, but I, you know, you, my biggest thing is if you see episode, I think two, I think it is episode two, you get a, you get a tease to a different character outside of this universe. And we all know about 11 L right. She's got the t- the tattoo on her forearm that says eleven. Yeah. Did you see? In, I think it was episode two, the car chase, the bank heist. Mm, I don't think so. Okay, I'm gonna keep it at that. But you're gonna get a. There's gonna be a new character introduced that is completely separate. You're not talking about Mad Max, the girl. No. Okay. All right. You're gonna get a tease in the first. It's possible. We we watched this really late Friday night. The second one. I'm it's like, either, it's probably episode three then. Well, it, it could have been episode two. I think we were both really struggling and kind of hitting the wall. So yeah. it's possible that it just didn't register what you're talking you're, about. You're going to get an introduction really, really quick. So pay attention to a character that probably is connected somehow to this. When you 11. say that, okay, I remember, I feel like I remember a character with another number. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Okay. I might've, it's not registering with me, but yeah. I did see something like 19 or something. No, eight. Okay. And it's a it's a older per it's like a teenager or young adult person. Okay, I might have to go back and skip through and read. And that's that. the only that's the only mention you've had of this person. Okay. So I'm wondering if that's a tease to because it, you you wonder how, how, you know eventually these five kid or four kid or is it five or four? Uh, it's four four. You, you know how long can you keep because look this is a gold mine for them. You know they're not going to end with season two. This is going to keep going on. I bet you they want to keep this up for another th- two or three seasons. Yeah, for some reason I have it in my head that there's a finite plan. They don't plan to do it indefinitely, but I don't hold me to that. Right, and as these kids get older... But you know. to, to say how big of a hit this show is, I mean, this is the only... Uh, there might have been another one, but I can't think of a, another Netflix show that I've seen so many advertisements for on regular oh, TV. Crazy. Like the billboards just, everywhere, you know, yeah, and this cable, is, uh, ESPN. And good for them. Like, good good product should be rewarded. And, you, you, and you're doing it at the right time. 
Right around yeah. Halloween. It's perfect timing. Can they gave us eight episodes last year, and they went so fast. And there's nine this time, yeah. and um, though they would be going faster if I didn't have so much else going on. But um, it's just such an enjoyable. I don't even think they're doing anything so different or creative. It's just really well done. It's just the the casting's good. You yeah. know, I, I love David Harbor as the sheriff. I can never He's think fantastic. of his name because I, 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 this guy's. I've never seen him play this kind of character before. He's usually just this like guy in a suit, secondary yeah. kind of guy. And to see him play kind of the beaten down, dumpy yeah. but capable, I love it. I just I hope it. that they give me something a little different. It just seems like. All this poor kid's in trouble again, and why not a rider? Is this this crazy mom? What's wrong with my son? And help me! It's like it's the kind of I'm feeling a little bit of the same okay. beat, so I want it. To I'm take, not far enough along where take the story's me somewhere even else a little bit if you can, but yeah. um, it's gonna be tough to dip. It's gonna be tough to top season. All these one. people listening are like, I've already watched the whole nine. I know, losers. <laughs> it's gonna be tough to top the first, the first season in my opinion. Yeah, but uh, so let's wrap that up. Let's go on to. A little bit of sports talk, and the Cavs right now are three and five, four in a row. They've lost. It's not, I would have said three and four, but you might be right. Three and four, or three and five. I can't remember, but it's they're 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 a little bit of a mess right now. But Lebr- LeBron says, "No problems. Don't worry about anything." How are you feeling about that? Well, it, it is silly to overreact in October. I mean, and and I did expect uh, I did expect them to have a clunky start. I thought all these new pieces, including some older pieces. There's a lot of meshing that has to be done when you think about it, but they're having the start I thought, I said this to you last night, they're having the start I expected, but on steroids. Like it's, they're not just disjointed, they're so disjointed. They don't know when to give each other the ball, and the spacing's bad, and then they look so slow on defense, and they're just giving up. That seems to be the biggest concern, the defense. Yeah, I think the offense will come to a degree, yeah. but like, I, you just have to worry, are all these, this, this collection of players, are they just too old in general to play good defense? Um, well, I think the biggest concern is you go to Brooklyn and you, you're pretty much dominated. You make a comeback, you fall short. Then, you know, look, that stuff happens. I can always kind of live with a road loss. To get blown out at home. And Orlando's a good team to start this season. We'll see if they can sustain it. But then they get blown out by the Knicks. That, that's my only concern. Is like I can handle you losing to pretty good teams, but when you're losing to teams that are supposedly the doormats of the league. And correct me if I'm wrong, yeah, I believe both weird. those games you just mentioned are the second night of a back-to-back. This team might not be built for that. Like, and there's going to be fewer of those this year, the back-to-backs. But they have looked awful on the second night of a back-to-back, and I just think it goes to that age thing. I mean, I forgot even like you forget because LeBron's such a still a freaking force of athletic nature. You yeah. forget how many years right. he's been here. And I'm not saying he looks slow or anything, yeah. but I forgot uh, like Kyle Korver's 36. I mean, these guys are old, man. You know, Shadell, Jeff Shadell wrote a column after Sunday's game when they lost to the Knicks, and it was like. Is the effort there? That that that, and he made. I think that's a good point. Like, are they really this bad on defense, or is the effort just not there to play great defense right now? I don't know. What do you think? I I don't know either. Um, I think that's a. Do you think? I think that's worth bringing up, don't you? Oh, for sure. Because look, what, what, what I think when LeBron wants to play great defense, he's a great defender. But again, like you said, on second nights of back to back, needing to pace yourself. They but look like no, a team pacing themselves. Here's the thing, though. Like, is the East sort of catching up with the Cavs right now? It does seem like the it. last I mean, two or three years, it was like, hey, man, just get your one, two seed, and then don't worry about the rest. Now it, it, it seems like these teams, these young players, these teams that have this collection, the Sixers, these kind of teams, they're starting to get mature, and maybe you just got to be a little careful. And I, I've always, even though the Cavs beat them, 
at their place. I li- I've always liked that Bucks team the last couple of years. Yeah. They're long. Right. Uh, Giannis Tumpacupo, I'm yeah. sure I butchered that. He's he starts awesome. starts 30 points every night. He's awesome to watch. Um, if he ever gets a, a three-point shot, like you won't be able to stop him yeah. at all. Uh, so there, the East is kind of interesting. Boy, I tell you what, you, you, you take Kyrie Irving off this team, who was you know, in the prime of his career, entering the prime of his career, however you want to say it, and you kind of put in some older players. There might be a lot of pressure on Isaiah Thomas when he comes back to really make it. I thought it was going to be like, and it still might be by this point. I, I thought they'd kind of have things figured out, and yeah. like now you got this luxury. Well, now we got to work in this talented guard who's probably going to be a well, starter. Well, that's another thing you're talking about with the new getting everything to mesh. Then you're gonna have to worry about getting him in the mix. Yeah, well, that's the least of our problems right, right now, you know. Um, but I, I guess what I was trying to say is, and maybe it'll still be this way. I, I thought it was gonna be like, oh, it's nice, like we just traded for him. You got to work him in, and now it's it feels like it's like he's got to get back. He's got to turn this thing around. We just yeah. need another uh, scorer and stuff. Right. So I don't know, man. And he can't play any defense. It's not like he's gonna <laughs> fix the defense. Well, good news is it's early. It's not even November. Actually. But well, they play tomorrow night, and I, man, I'm not looking forward to it. We record this on October 31st, so tomorrow is November for uh, first. So we'll see. Yeah, usually the season doesn't even start till like November 2nd or right. 3rd. So let's move on. So the Browns, we all know about the Browns. They're, Doing great. They're they're a train wreck. They're 0-8 with the 49ers, both 0-8. But the 49ers make a huge move on the day of the trading deadline, which is today, October 31st, Tuesday, um, late last night. Which was October 30th, as we were watching Thor Ragnarok at the screener. I might have peeked at my phone to see the news alert. The 49ers have traded or will get Jimmy Garoppolo from the Patriots for a second round pick. Now, the reason we bring this up because this was a hot discussion before the draft, and I think maybe even a little bit after the draft still, it was lingering out there. The Browns were hotly rumored to maybe given up uh, a draft pick. I think the problem with that rumor was that the Patriot or the Patriots wanted one of the Browns' first round picks, right? Was that the rumor? Uh, that was the rumor. And yeah. I thought that was. You even heard as much as like two first round picks. Yeah, I thought know? that was way too high, and the 49ers, you know, probably couldn't get what they were asking. And then you wonder why they made this deal. They got to feel great about Brady. I mean, hey, he's 40 years old, but they must think he can play another two or three years. Well, and next year is a great draft for quarterbacks. So maybe they're thinking, hey, we're gonna ride it or sink with Brady, whether I, he's hurt or not. And I caught two minutes of Adam Schefter on ES or on ESPN.com or something last night, and he kind of said what I was thinking that Garoppolo this is the last year of Garoppolo's contract, right? And the Patriots have been trying to re-sign him, and he wants, oh, he's gonna want a lot he, of money, right? He wants a lot of money, and they're not willing to give it to him right now, and so I think it's smart what the Patriots did. Uh, well, assuming that they couldn't have gotten a lot more in the offseason. But they hold on to him until about the trade deadline, and now it's like, all right, well, we're just going to lose him now. We've waited to see if Brady gets an injury in the first half. Mm-hmm. So they're playing the odds. I think they, timing-wise, I think it makes a lot of sense. But you do wonder uh, if they couldn't have got more from the Browns in the offseason than they got from the Niners now. I mean, but then, like, then you hear, uh, I saw one mention this morning that it doesn't seem like the Browns were interested this time in getting in on it. That strikes me as odd. That seems, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, the, if you could have gotten a, if you could have given up, they have three. They have three twos next year. You're telling me a potential. I mean, look, whatever. If they don't need this guy as a franchise type guy, then okay, then you don't make the move. But if you have any sort of belief that this guy can be uh, your guy going forward for a second round pick, when you have three twos and you got two ones, I mean, isn't this a no brainer? Well, let's say you would have had to, you know, throw in a fourth round or something to get him. Okay, to, yeah. Like, yeah. So. What, Look, hold it, on. Let me let okay. me just stop you in this. We've we've shown when you get a quarterback 
that hits. It doesn't matter what you give up. You can give up. You can't give up. I've never agreed with you more. You know what I mean? Oh, there's no question. So So it says one of two things for me. Even uh, either they're as clueless and disastrous as it sometimes look, and they loved a guy six months ago, and now they don't. Like, that is not a good look. Right. Or they have fallen so in love with somebody in the draft and think they're in a a position to get him. That could be true. um, Which is more justifiable, I think, than uh, just being all inconsistent with your player evaluation. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the ship has sailed in Siberia with Deshaun Kaiser in terms of looking at next year as his him being a starting quarterback? I guess with the caveat of, like, he could turn into Brett Favre the second half of the year. Like, I, I think if you were judging it right now, you'd be drafting a quarterback. So would you, if you're Sashi and whoever, DePotesta, do you think they're saying to themselves, we like – we're going to live with the growing pains and we're going to go into the next season with Deshaun Kaiser. Or do you think they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round? Potentially number one or number two overall. Because if you do that, Kaiser's out the door. You can't, you can't go forward with Kaiser. Um, he could be your backup. I don't, well, right. Just like Kessler is this year. I guess. You know. Um, but yeah, my guess is right now they're thinking drafting a guy. And they better be. I mean, you've... I, look, look. I have been... You know I have look, been... I, who I knows have, what they're thinking out there? I have been... As on board as anyone with this, with what I think this front office has been doing, but it's hard to justify them when uh, you pass on. Like you could say they pass on a lot of quarterbacks, but they traded out of the spots where teams drafted Chris Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson, and both of those guys right now in their second and first years respectively, uh, respectively, look fantastic. And, you know, I've sat there with each of them trying to judge those quarterbacks by myself. And I'm like, oh, I could see why you could pass. And here's the thing. It's not my job to make an evaluate. It's their job. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they've blown it so hard. And it's really frustrating. I think, what do they say, three strikes and you're out? I think the second half of this year is going to be big for this front office. Because in one respect, okay, we know what Carson Wentz and Deshaun Watson are doing. There's no question. They're gonna, I think they're going to give... Garoppolo a week to grasp the offense and get into the game plan. He's not going to play this week. I mean, that's just what I'm thinking. So he's got seven, eight games. I don't know when their buy is coming up. Let's say he's got seven games to see what he looks like. If he looks good, so then they got Watson out there, Wentz out there, and let's say let's just say it. You probably could have had Garoppolo. And if you if you just said passed on all three of those guys, I just don't know how you can say how, how you can go to Haslam and say don't worry everything's everything's looking great so far but by far right now the most frustrating thing to me is trading out of the the Watson pick because you could have come out of that draft with Miles Garrett a pick without doing know, nothing he he's got some injury problems without doing anything mm-hmm. without doing a thing right you, like but i think we all like the Miles Garrett pick right now like he shows yeah. a lot of promise you could have had a first round of Miles Garrett and Deshaun Watson that makes me want to hang myself like it's so depressing. <laughs> like and, and like, look, I, I I think the Texans are a lot more built to win right now than the Browns right. were. He wouldn't be doing what he's doing in Cleveland. Right. I think you got to recognize that. Yeah. But you got to think he'd look a lot better than Deshaun Kaiser. Right. Um, I mean, look, I, I can why... more easily forgive the Wentz thing, but that's super frustrating. I just uh, I lo- I really 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 like the blueprint for what they're doing, but. Then, <laughs> 
you can't miss on your players, or the blueprint doesn't yeah. work at all. So uh, it's getting harder for me to defend. It's interesting when you look at Kaiser. You know, the the book on him was if you read all these draft reports was he he's got the look and he's got that talent, but the play doesn't equal the look. And I mean, and that's really what it's that's what he's played like right now. If he, but he's only twenty one years old. If you take a side. Missing, not drafting those other guys. I'm fine with. I'm still fine with where they drafted Kaiser. Like I think Kaiser was worth a gamble at that second round spot. It was kind of mid to late second round, even right. wasn't it? I mean, like it was like 52nd right. overall or something. Like, look, that's a that's a sensible draft pick. So you know, I and his his book is not written. But if you're the Browns and you're drafting at the top of what people say is a pretty quarterback rich draft, you can't screw around anymore. They're saying Sam Darnold might not come out this year. That's interesting. I, I've seen a little bit of him. I haven't been blown away by him, but again, I'm not a professional quarterback evaluator. Um, I need to see some of Rosen. I haven't really had a chance to watch him at he's all. He's been up and down. Yeah. I mean, he's had some really bad moments this year. So what? And, they, and this kid from Wyoming. And I haven't seen. What's his name? Do you know? Josh Allen. Okay. I've I have not seen him either because they're never on TV. Right. But, you know, it's... You know, you know, you see some mock drafts, and you see teams, including the Browns, these and mock drafts mean nothing, but you see people having the Browns and other teams take this uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley, the running back yeah. we just the Ohio State just right. faced. And I'm starting like I don't think an analytics based front office would would ever take a guy like that there, but like you know the guy who now becomes I think a bigger potential for the Browns in light of the Niners trading for Garoppolo is the Redskins quarterback Kirk Cousins. I thought he was most likely going to be San Francisco's quarterback next yeah. year because he's got that tie to um, but I mean, Shanahan. It's a problem with that is, okay, if he's just looking for the biggest payday, but it's not like the Browns could just say, you know, if you can get Garoppolo, right, just by, by, by trading for him. Now, the problem is you got to make sure that he, can, he will sign with you. Correct. You know what I mean? Because he's going to be your free agent. But with Cousins, you've got to convince him – you can't just acquire Cousins and then hope to sign him, right? Like when you when you when you when you traded for Collins last year, you got to hope eventually. Right. Whereas with Cousins, you've got to convince him. We can't just acquire you through a trade and come here. You've got to actually have him willing to come here. Right. But correct me if I'm Big wrong. Difference. Correct me if I'm wrong. The free agency period is before the draft, so it's going to be interesting. Do the Browns really go after Kirk Cousins? Pay him. All the money in the world, because you're going to have to. And I'm not saying he's worth it. The only upside of that plan, aside from that he's an established quarterback, and I don't think he'd be a disaster, is now you've got these draft picks to put at skill positions and, yeah. and fill out. There's so, going to be a lot of teams that are going to be going after Kirk, Kirk, Kirk I, I think that's going to be so interesting to watch, because we never see a free agent quarterback like that on the market. You just never see it. And I thought you were going to maybe see it with Garoppolo, too, but I, you know, I don't know if the I, Niners I can extend him. I don't think... Now, if, if this front office stays intact, I don't think that's the model. I would agree with you, but you never know. To sit there and because you know they're just you know letting Joe Hayden go and all these other. Well, they're not going to they're not going to pay older guys. Uh, so, th- but they they are going to have the money that the the Osweiler money is going to come pay off the book. Kirk Cousins probably one hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah, but but there's no position that's more worth it if no, you think he's the guy. But I mean, I think just think that, that their model doesn't seem to fit that to pay the moon for one guy. I would agree if you weren't a quarterback. And I'm not saying, I'm not convinced they're going to do that. I just think it's more of a possibility than maybe you think. I mean, you just wonder what they're thinking about in there about quarterbacks because it does not seem to be a high priority out there. I, I, I wouldn't say that. I think in their heart of hearts, they thought that Watson and Wentz were not worth those respective picks. And well, right now, should they, they be in that position dead then? Dead wrong. Should they be in that position then? To, to whiff on two straight like that? 
Man, when, when, when it's the worst a lot harder thing, for me to defend them now. When, when, when they're, they have been by far the worst team in the NFL since 1999 when it comes to quarterback play. I mean, no team even comes close in terms of, if you look at, and I'm just doing it off the top of my head, from 99 to now, almost 20 years, I guarantee if you looked at the course of the NFL the last 20 years, the quarterback play in Cleveland has to be the worst in the NFL. Oh, it has to be. has to be. has to be. So it's for that one Derek Anderson year. Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, so we're going to wrap it up. We went a little long. So uh, people... Just want to say real quick, great Buckeye win. That game was so fun on Saturday. The Buckeyes are now back. You just have a, a column where right. you're trying to be a jerk saying that Oklahoma should be ranked ahead I'm of a us. Homer. Everyone I, go I, read I, that. I, I'm a homer for Notre Dame, whatever. <laughs> I, look, I'm just saying put 7-1 Oklahoma against 7-1 Ohio State at this point in the season, and everything could change. Because Oklahoma's got to play Oklahoma State next week. They could easily lose that game. I'm saying, when you look at those teams, they're about even, and they played each other, and the popular theory is, well, if they played now, Ohio State would win. Well, that might be true, but only I'm going off of right now is the fact that Oklahoma went into Ohio Stadium and beat them by two touchdowns. The only reason I I, I think you can make a good case for the, uh, the other side is that Barrett looks like a different guy. Uh, than he did against That's that. That's fine. He'd be, and he and it looks like that offense has finally come together. I mean, Barrett was masterful in that fourth quarter. Absolutely. I've been, I've been missing that guy because I've, I've been wondering, right. like, what's been going on with JT Barrett? Right. But it was so good to see him play like that at the end of that I, game. I think that thing that would really bother me if I was an Oklahoma, Oklahoma fan, and I'm not, please don't, I'm not an Oklahoma fan. I'm trying to be a, I'm just trying to be objective through this, is that, well, people are trying to just say, don't, try to kind of discard what happened in, Six or six weeks ago, don't, don't try. Just let's let's just forget about that one, and you can't. The fact is, it, it's like you don't have a second chance. That record is on the book. You lost head to head. I just you know, look, all this could play out. It's gonna play out. But I'm saying if this, if both these teams went out, and they're both eleven or twelve and one, and both conference champions, I, I cannot. I just can't fathom a reason why you would put. Ohio State again over Oklahoma. I would only say, and I, you know, it's ultimately I kind of agree. I, it could it could definitely happen, but I would be so upset if I was Oklahoma. Oh yeah, for sure. But we've always seen these college football voters; they always reward the more recent good play. That's just how it's been. They weight it that way, whether yeah. they should or not. They do. I, you know, some yeah, in some cases, yeah, I guess, but. It's but like, just, look, Ohio State got handled by the Sooners in I in know. the horseshoe. It's a bad look. It's it's hard to just erase that from the record, and you know, and that's the problem with people just want to like. Well, my narrative is it's not like they blew the door off Penn State. They had to fight exactly tooth and nail to win at the end, and it was a great, exciting game. And it was with all the things that went wrong for the Buckeyes to see them come out victorious was terrific. And like I said, what you know, Ohio State could they're they're at Iowa this week. Look, that's no gimme. They might lose that. Oklahoma and they gotta might go lose. To the, they got to go to the big house, right? Yeah. So it's like you know, let's just. All I'm saying is today, because October today is October 31st, and the rankings come out tonight. If you're asking me today who should be ranked ahead of Ohio State, don't tell me who's a better team. I'm just saying who deserves to be where they should be ranked. I think Oklahoma deserves to be ahead of Ohio State. Well, okay. I, I think you should be ranking what you think is the better team, but you should be using data and facts to make that decision. Facts are they won head-to-head. You know, okay, everybody talks about, okay, strength of schedule, because I think Ohio State has a little bit of edge right now. So basically, if you look, I looked at their schedule. I, did, I spent about a half hour looking at, analyzing their, who they played. Ohio State has a better overall strength of schedule right now. 
Okay. But if you looked at the non-conference, right? So basically, if you're going to do this, because you can't, you can't hold against conference stuff, because you, that's who you play in your conference. Uh, Oklahoma played UTEP, who's 0-8, and they beat uh, Tulane, who's 3-5. and Ohio State, and not counting the Ohio State-Oklahoma game, Ohio State beat Army, who's 6-2, and good for them, and UNLV, who was, I think, 3-5. and So basically... You're telling me Ohio. If you're not going to if you're not going to count the head-to-head result, you're telling me Ohio State should be ranked ahead of Ohio State or Oklahoma because Army and UNLV are better collectively than UTEP and Tulane. What I think that's weak, if you ask me. What I think is funny, and I, they probably weighed it somehow uh, that it's not this unfair, but. Oklahoma lost to a then unranked team, Iowa State, yeah. who's done nothing but knock off Giants. They just right. beat TCU, and now they're in the top twenty-five. But um, it looks like oh, they lost to an unranked team. Like, eh, that team's pretty that, good. That, that's that, that's the problem. Yeah, you know, you know, people don't want to sit there and say give maybe Iowa State their credit right now. No, that team scares me. I'm glad we're not. Yeah. I'm glad the Buckeyes aren't playing them. So, all right. Well, if people want to follow you on Twitter, where are you at? At Mark Mazuris. And I am at Mpoto. So until the next time, thanks for listening. This has been a production of the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio, part of 21st Century Media and Digital First Media.